What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. You guys absolutely blew up our league-winning legendary upside running back video from a couple weeks ago, so I decided we'd do a little bit of a follow-up where in that video we talked through your legendary upside running backs have like 22.5 plus points per game. This video we're going to do the same for wide receivers and talk through what a league-winning wide receiver looks like, how to spot one, and talk through the five main must-draft wide receivers that I think have league-winning upside in 2023. So with all that being said, if you enjoy, leave a like, subscribe, let's go. Now the issue with wide receivers is that historically, running backs have blown them out of the water. Like, it just hasn't really been all that close. This is since 2010, your highest, your 10 highest fantasy point-per-game season since 2010. The top three are running backs in Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. And you only have three wide receivers to seven running backs on this table. And now that's pretty common knowledge. And even if we sort of zoom out since then, this is a uh, graphic that I've been showing in videos recently. But since 2010, wide receivers have 33 20-plus point-per-game seasons, whereas running backs have 39, and running backs have 17 22.5-plus points per game to 7 for wide receivers. So that's kind of the issue with wide receivers here, is since 2010, they've sort of been pacing running backs in terms of 20-plus points per game, but that ultra-elite ceiling of like McCaffrey in 2019 and Gurley in 18 and like Kamara in 2020 is sort of unattainable for wide receivers. But the interesting part here is that this has kind of changed where since 2019, wide receivers have kind of closed the gap here, uh, where since 2020, we haven't had a 22.5-plus point-per-game running back season, whereas we have, have we had Cooper Cup in 2021. Before that, you had Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas. Wide receivers have more 20-plus point-per-game seasons than running backs at this point since 2019, so that's the last four seasons, and they're on pace in terms of 22.5 plus points per game. So that's really impressive. Like wide receiver right now has closed the gap more than ever. And we haven't necessarily had, I talked about it in the other video, but legendary running backs were kind of chasing Sasquatch. Like we haven't had one since 2020 with Kamara and Dalvin Cook. We very well could not have another one this year, right? A true difference making running back. And wide receiver might be the key to fantasy football in 2023 so that's what we're going to focus on today is that in a world where we don't have a legendary running back produced who is the wide receiver that can kind of pop off hit 20 plus points per game and be an absolute monster in 2023 now the reason we're using 20 plus points per game is this is a really good chart from Dwayne McFarland he uses PFF data and the average top six wide receiver going back to 2011 Average 20 points per game. Now, of course, like your wide receiver one will be at like 23 and like your wide receiver six will be more like 17, 18 points per game. But on average, we're gunning for 20 points per game. That's your top six wide receiver, a meaningful difference maker in your lineup. Now, since 2010, we have 33 20 point per game seasons from wide receivers. So I decided to, again, kind of map out what those wide receivers all had in common, sort of look from a macro perspective and see what trends we can spot here with these 33 individual seasons. Now, this is going to be a loaded screenshot, fellas. Just lock in here for a second. You have me tiny in the top right corner. And this is a loaded screenshot, but I tried to make it as organized as possible. Now, again, this is all 33 20-point-per-game seasons by wide receivers. 
the first sort of section is your player info. This is the player's name, the season that they did it in, right? So like Calvin Johnson in 2011, he was on Detroit. Uh, his ADP, he was a ninth pick off the board. He had 22.5 points per game. And I have his age there. He was 26. I'm talking about the first wide receiver up top, Calvin Johnson. Then you have pass production. So, you know, what was their previous high points per game and what was their previous year points per game, right? So like what, what kind of year were they just coming off of? And then also historically speaking, what did their best season look like? Then we have volume. Uh, I, I made it opportunities per game, which is targets uh, and carries. Just because you have guys like Tyree Kill and Debo Samuel who look like they're low-volume guys, but they both were given a lot of carries to kind of make up for the low target amount. So we, want, we just want touches and opportunities regardless. So opportunities per game, targets and carries. And you have efficiency. So FPOE per game is fantasy points over expectation per game. On a given Saturday... You're expected for as many points per game as your volume dictates, right? So you're like your targets, your carries, all of that. Your fantasy points over expected is what are you expected to score based on your volume? How much above or below did you go uh, based on that expected output? And previous FPOE per game high is before this season where you popped off for 20 plus points per game. Did you display efficiency before that? Did you have a high efficiency ceiling before your official breakout? Then we have team environment. Uh, offensive points for pretty self-explanatory. Was your offense a high-scoring offense? Team pass attempts per game. Again, were you on a pass-happy offense? Was there a lot of pass attempts to go around? Was there a lot of scoring going on? And then I have your ADP among your team's wide receivers. So if you look there, Odo Beckham was the wide receiver three. He was behind Victor Cruz and Ruben Randall. Uh, and then the only other two that weren't the wide receiver one in ADP on their team uh, was Cooper Cup in 2021, where he was just behind Robert Woods, and then Debo Samuel in 2021, where he was behind uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, just from an ADP perspective. So again, it's just among the wide receivers on their team, are they being drafted first, second, third, etc. right? Now, when we take all of that together and sort of break it down, I have the green columns um, as your uh, players that hit thresholds that we're looking for. Now, I will say before I get into that, uh, I do have the average across the bottom. It's like your average 20-plus point per game season at wide receiver is about 26 and a half years old. ADP is in the second or third round. Uh, your previous point uh, point per game was like 17.9. Your previous point per game high was already like 19.9. We're looking the average 20 plus point per game season at wide receiver has 11.1 opportunities per game. Uh, a previous high of four FPOE per game. Team pass attempts in the 37 area. Offensive points for around 26. And ideally, they are the first wide receiver going off the board. On their team. Now, when we kind of sum all this up, I came up with our components of a league winning wide receiver season. Since 2010, you have 100% of your 20 plus point per game seasons at wide, rec uh, wide receiver being 31 or younger. 94% are a top six round pick. 94% had 12 or more points per game in their previous season. 94% have a previous high of 14 plus points per game. 91% had a previous FPOE per game high of 2 plus, 88 or 91% were their team's wide receiver 1 in ADP, 88% had 10 plus opportunities per game, 88% had 23 plus offensive points per game, and 82% had 34 plus team pass attempts per game. And I think that's just a nice simple way to break it down. The goal was to find trends that fit 80% or more of the population. We just get this kind of table here now we just went over it but i think it's it's pretty simple to just say you know we want a wide receiver who's in his prime in the top six rounds of adp 
Ideally, they had a decent season the year before, and it's not their first time ever clearing 14 points per game. They've been somewhat efficient before. They're the first wide receiver on their team. They're due for volume, and they're on a team that is going to score a lot and pass a lot as well. So we then took this list, and we applied it to the first six rounds of wide receivers here. Now, this is round one. And all of these are pretty straightforward besides the last three, right? Last three, 10-plus opportunities per game, 23-plus offensive points per game, 34-plus team pass attempts per game. These are all projections from Mike Clay. That's why I have the asterisk there. I, I went to Mike Clay's uh, projections on ESPN. He's a really good uh, numbers guy in terms of projecting just players across the board. He's pretty accurate. He does it for ESPN. Uh, he's, in my opinion, one of the best guys who does uh, projections out there. So this is... I was kind of applying his in there, seeing who's due for volume, who's due to be on good offenses. And then the rest are pretty straightforward where they're, you know, you either are 31 or younger or you aren't. Now, if you hit uh, the threshold, I greened your box. If you came really, really close, like within one, right? So we're looking for 10 opportunities per game. Stefan Diggs at 9.5. If you're within one, I made it yellow. Now, the simple score is just, right, there's nine components. Every green box is one. Then I also have the yellow boxes as 0.5, right? So Diggs is 8.5, Jefferson is 9, Cup is 8. Now, the weighted score is a little bit more uh, a little bit more complicated, but it's pretty much the same thing. But instead of every single green box getting 1, it's just the percentage divided by 10, right? So uh, if you're under 31, you get 10. If you're inside of the top six rounds, you get 9.4. If, if, if you cleared 12-plus points per game in, a, in your previous season you get 9.4, and then also that yellow. So Diggs has 9.5 and 10-plus opportunities per game. Instead of that being 8.8, .8, right, like the percentage, it's 4.4. Just a way of weighting things so that the higher percentages uh, matter more for the score. Now, this is sort of what it spits out. Now, I do want to say, big fat disclaimer, this is not an exact science, right? A.J. Brown has the lowest score here. He Fantasy football is random. He could still hit 20-plus points per game. This is not saying that he won't. It's just a, an interesting exercise to kind of, you know, look through a lens that's a little bit more macro of, you know, this is kind of what 20-plus point-per-game seasons have looked like in the past. Let's kind of try and apply that forward. Again, it's not the end-all, be-all, but I think it is a worthwhile exercise to kind of look through uh, what we're looking for. Now, there's not much shocking in terms of the round one wide receivers. Again, we're going to go all the way through round six here. But... You're not going to win your leagues because I tell you uh, Jefferson or Chase are going to hit 20-plus points per game. But Jefferson, Chase, Tyreek Hill, all great bets to hit 20-plus points per game. Cooper Cup, great bet as well. The only thing that he doesn't hit is that he's not on a great offense. But because he's such a PPR monster that can get, like, you know, he, he can lead the league in receptions, he doesn't necessarily need to have uh, a top-10 scoring offense, right? That's really the only uh, threshold that he misses there. Diggs, of course, a great pick. I think the two that stand out uh, as, like, key takeaways – is looking through this, A.J. Brown is a pretty tough round one wide receiver pick. Now, of course, I love the talent. I have been all over A.J. Brown his entire career. We love him in Dynasty. I think he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, if he swap places with Stephon Diggs, I think you can make the case for him as wide receiver three overall if he was on the Bills, right? But he's not. And this is where it's tough. I love the talent, but this is an offense where we're looking for 34-plus team pass attempts per game. Mike Clay has him at 31.1, so not even really close there. And then he's also the only round one wide receiver under 9.5 opportunities per game. He's all the way at 8.1. So he's on a low passing volume offense. His volume is really, really low compared to the other wide receivers in this area. He's never finished inside the top five wide receivers in points per game. He's never even hit 
18 plus points per game. So drafting AJ Brown round one and expecting him to compete for 20 plus points per game as like the wide receiver one overall in fantasy, I don't see that upside. And when I'm picking in the first round, I would like that upside. Like I, I want to pick players that can absolutely crush and be monsters. Like I, I, I'm not, even though it's a first round pick, and I, you know, in theory you might want to sort of build your team with stability, but I'm not hitting singles in the first round. That's kind of what AJ Brown seems like to me. I, I think I'm gonna ha- probably move him back to like the 112, and even then it doesn't feel great because uh, I think I would almost rather have two. Two wide receivers that are going in the second round, I think you can make the case to have over A.J. Brown. Um, but he's not like a terrible pick. Again, I, I like his talent, but the context of his offense is pretty tough. You have Devonta Smith breathing down your neck, who's going to have like a 27, 28% target share. You have Dallas Goddard, who wasn't playing for the final stretch when like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith were really clicking there. Maybe the pass attempts go up, right? Like maybe the pass attempts go up. Uh, you know, in theory, they have a tougher schedule this year. The Eagles will we'll sort of see how that plays out. So I'm open to the idea that they have more pass attempts, but this is going to be a fairly run-heavy offense just given Jalen Hurts and just kind of what this scheme has been. So it's a tough gamble for me to take that high in the second round, right? Like, he's like the 108 on underdog right now. Now, we also have uh, C.D. Lamb here that I have highlighted green. He is one of our official must-draft wide receivers for this video. Uh, again, the, the point of this video... We're looking through legendary wide receivers, what they look like, and then I'm picking out five that I like uh, to hit that 20-plus point per game ceiling. And CeeDee Lamb really stuck out to me. This is a guy uh, where I just feel like he's on this trajectory, right? He's This is his age 24 season. He's coming off 17-plus points per game. Uh, once Dak returned from injury in week seven, he was at 19.5 points per game as like the wide receiver three overall. He was doing really well down the stretch last year. He just barely misses that 34-plus team pass attempt per game uh, threshold. He hits everything very easily. He's been efficient before. He's in line for over 10 opportunities per game. This offense is going to score points. Last season, he had 17.7 points per game. He's been efficient before. He's the wide receiver one on his offense. Like Everything really lines up for CeeDee Lamb this year. Uh, I think this team is going to be a lot more pass-heavy under Mike McCarthy than you'd think in years past. When he had Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, they passed a ton. Um, if anything, Kellen Moore... Uh, Kellen Moore it wasn't run-heavy, but Mike McCarthy uh, isn't necessarily as run-heavy as some may think. I think that there's going to be plenty of volume to go around in that offense. Now, moving on from round one, we have round two here. And the two that stick out to me when we kind of look through this list are Amon Ross St. Brown and Devontae Adams. I think that they honestly have good cases to honestly be ranked ahead of A.J. Brown uh, in full PPR leagues. And first, we have Amon Ross St. Brown, where I just like his year three breakout trajectory. Like a lot of these guys going into year three uh do do smash like we've seen it with Depot samuel i don't know why i'm like struggling to speak right now but we've seen it with Debo samuel calvin ridley year three chris godwin to me i'm on i want to bet on i'm on austin brown i don't know why i struggle to say his name but to get that 20 plus point per game ceiling in his third year I think he's in line for that. He's projected for 9.4 opportunities per game. That is behind just Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, Cup, Diggs, Lamb, Debo. Um, so, you know, he's projected to get a ton of volume. Uh, he's going to be in a good offense that is projected for over 34 passes per game. It's over 23 offensive points per game. Really, the only thing that he hasn't done yet is show uh, a high efficiency ceiling, right? FPOE per game, he's only been at 1.4. But that's kind of just a sample where last year was his breakout year and Jamal Williams had 17 rushing touchdowns. So he wasn't going to be efficient off of touchdowns, which is kind of what he needs anyways. Uh, 
I'm still buying in. I think that he can be efficient. We've seen him already have a stretch where he had 25 points per game over his final six games in his rookie year. It's kind of the perfect slot archetype where uh, Goff was with Cup for a while. Amon Ross St. Brown, similar build to Cup, similar archetype. And to me, he has a similar ceiling as well. Now, we also have Devontae Adams, who to me is our third must-draft wide receiver with league-winning ceilings. Now, I do want to say you're not going to win your league because I'm saying to draft Devontae Adams and Amon Ross St. Brown as 20-plus point-per-game guys, right? Like, they're already pushed up pretty high, but I do think it's important to kind of sift through these round one and round two options. Like, we'll get into it in a second, but to me, Amon Ross St. Brown and Devontae Adams clear Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and T. Higgins by a ton. And yes, these are going to be some luxury pieces, but I think it's also still important to talk about your targets in the early rounds, right? At a certain point, you have to draft players early. I can give you all the middle and late round gems, but it is, I think, important to kind of dissect these early round guys. Now, with Devontae Adams, people want to write him off so, so bad, even though his upside case is pretty similar to a guy like Cup, right? Where, like, the QB environment uh, is a little shaky. Uh, he's getting older, right? 31 years old. But at this point, he's still not over that age 31 hump that, like, we should be scared about. Uh, and he hasn't fallen off at all. Like, if we look at his reception perception, he was an absolute monster last year. 94th percentile versus man, 88th percentile versus zone, 96th percentile versus press. And Matt Harmon, this is from Reception Perception. Check out receptionperception.com. Matt does an amazing job over there. Uh, he said, Adams posted success rate versus man coverage scores of 79.5%, 78%, 79.5%, 79.6% in his final four years with the Packers, and checked in right in that range at 78.1% with the 2022 Raiders. He posted the second best success rate versus press coverage of his career and was once again excellent against zones. He is one of the two or three best route runners in the NFL and can really only be ranked among guys like Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson in this section of his game. So he's still really, really good. He's still balling out in every perception. He's still getting open. He's still was just barely under 20 points per game last year. And I get that, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is not super sexy or anything, but I think people are really over-talking the kind of downgrade going from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. So Derek Carr last year was pretty awful. This is a tweet from Jacob Sanderson. In 2022, uh, Derek Carr, 60% completion, 6.7 adjusted yards per attempt, 4.8 touchdown percentage, PFF grade 65.4. EPA per play, 0.092. And then you look at, like, Jimmy Graham, or I don't know why I said Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Garoppolo's career numbers, uh, better completion percentage, better adjusted yards per attempt, better touchdown percentage, better PFF grade, better EPA per play, better CPOE. So this isn't to say that Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. It's just to say that Derek Carr was pretty awful last year, and Jimmy Garoppolo would have to be, like, he would have to be the worst version we've ever seen of him his entire career and even then, he'd still not be as bad as Derek Carr was last year. So to me, Devontae Adams is pretty quarterback-proof. Jimmy Grant, uh, <laughs> dude, I've said Jimmy, you guys are probably watching and pissed that I just said Jimmy Graham like 14 times. I really don't know what's that. We're, we're recording early in the morning, all right? We're recording early in the morning. I really, I really don't know why I can't just say Jimmy Garoppolo, but you guys get what I'm saying. Jimmy Garoppolo, his entire career has been fine. Uh, Carr was awful last year. It would take a pretty step... It would take a, a huge step down from his career average to get as bad as Carr was last year. Now, I also want to take some notes. Uh, Olave and Garrett Wilson don't really score well, uh, but I'm not willing to bet against year two upside. Like year two upside, a lot of these guys are breakout candidates and do really well. Um, and we only have one year of data on them, so I think they're not really going to do well in a, in a study like this. Waddle, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith are clear fades for me. Uh, we talked about it, but 90% of 20-plus point-per-game seasons at wide receiver 
those wide receivers are drafted as the wide receiver one on their team. And if they're not, right, when we talk about Odell Beckham with Victor Cruz, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Cooper Cup with Robert Woods, those are the only three examples we have of 20-plus point-per-game ceilings where the wide receiver was not the first wide receiver drafted on his team. All three of those, they were all, like, middle-round guys, right? Like, Victor Cruz was, like, round four. Odell Beckham was round, like, 11. Debo was around like eight guy and Ayuk was like a round five guy. Cup and Woods were both round four guys. None of these guys had a teammate that was a first round wide receiver, right? AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, and Tyree Kill are all first round wide receivers in redraft, right? So that's a really tough bet to make in terms of ceiling, right? They're the second wide receiver drafted on their teams. All of them aren't even projected for nine or more opportunities per game. So the volume's not going to be there. They're second on their team's totem pole. Again, I like the I like the talent. I think, you know, Waddle and Higgins, Donald Smith, they're good players. It's just kind of the the way that things fall with the team that they're on. And I just I, I can't in the second round, you don't need a wide receiver to hit twenty points per game for him to be a good pick. But I want access to that ceiling, right? When we draft these players, what do we get when we win? And when you know, if I draft a wide receiver in the second round, and my upside case is just wide receiver one numbers, not that truly difference-making upside, then I'd rather take the running back. So like, you can get a lot of the time Waddle and Devonta Smith are going ahead of. Like sometimes there's a lot of rooms right now where you can get Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, or Derrick Henry in the same range as these wide receivers. And I think that that's the play. Something that we sort of talked about with Pat Crane's uh, legendary upside article. Uh, it's a really, really good article. Uh is bust rate, right? Running backs are busting at a really high rate compared to wide receivers, right? Running backs, round one, busting over 40% of the time to wide receivers more in the 25% area. And then round three, running backs blow wide receivers out of the water. But in round two, they're both pretty risky bets. Round two wide receivers have kind of been a landmine. Uh, this is data from like 2017 to 2021. They have kind of been a landmine uh, historically. Like round two wide receivers have not been really, really solid bets. And to me... I think we're we're really pushing wide receivers up this year because zero RB was so good last year. And to me, it's a mistake to put these profiles ahead of a lot of the running. Like, if ADP told me I had to, I would draft even Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Josh Jacobs, and Brees Hall over T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle. Uh, but, like, I can get those guys later. So I'm fine taking, like, a T. Higgins or one of these guys at, like, 212 if I have to. But they aren't wide receivers that I'm chasing into the middle rounds or like making huge targets. Like they're just guys that I'm kind of ending up with at the end of the second uh, unwillingly, but they're all guys I'm lower on than consensus. Uh, when you look at my underdog uh, draft percentage, just in terms of like who I'm drafting now, of course, always all of these ADPs are from underdog. Make sure you're checking out underdog fantasy. They have all the best stuff in the world. They have a uh, pick them. They have higher lowers where you can sort of go out there and uh, you know, Look at their season-long projections go higher or lower. Their pickums are great. Promo code Ron gets you a deposit match up to $100 on Underdog Fantasy. You can go out there, get practicing for your home leagues, where this is 18-plus, 21 years old. Everybody out there has money on the line when they're drafting these teams. ADP is as sharp as ever on Underdog. And you can kind of just get to a spot where Brees Hall is a third-round pick and Chris Olave is a second-round pick. In these underdog rooms, you take it to your home league. You're, you're, you know, you're used to what a draft looks like. You can get a ton of practice and you can draft from every single spot. And you can get to your draft and you look up and it's the fourth, fifth-round turn. Olave and Brees Hall are still on the board and you're getting massive, massive values. Like We did a high-stakes draft the other day where my first like eight picks were top six-round picks on underdog. And we could just feel that the value shouldn't have been on the board so again make sure you check it out uh it's in the description it's in the comment section down below 
promo code Ron when you sign up for your first time on Underdog Fantasy. They'll match your deposit up to $100. Now, when we talk about the round three wide receivers, this is kind of what I'm talking about as well, where with these bust rates, I'd almost rather take my swing at running back in round two. And there's round three wide receivers that I think are actually better bets than your T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle. Again, in a vacuum, if ADP told me I had to do so, I would take Debo Samuel and Calvin Ridley uh, over those guys. These are my last two must-draft wide receivers with league-winning upside. Calvin Ridley <clears throat> and Debo. Now, I love Ridley. Everything lines up for him. Uh, you know, he's in the right offensive environment. 23-plus points per game, 34-plus pass attempts per game. He's a good age. He's had high uh, point-per-game seasons before. He's had efficient seasons before. The only thing that's shaky is his opportunities per game, and that's just because Mike Clay's being uh, conservative here because he hasn't played football in a year and a half. But he's still just 29. He commands a lot of volume. Uh, he's hit 18-plus points per game in the past. Uh, he's going to be kind of like he, he kind of makes – it's almost similar to Stefan Diggs' late career resurgence where he meets up with Josh Allen and has like the best years of his career. I think Calvin Ridley could be the same thing uh, for Trevor Lawrence, where if we look through uh, his reception perception stuff, uh, Calvin Ridley, he hasn't really fallen off. Um, you have uh, – there's a narrative that Ridley – he had an 87th percentile uh, success rate versus man, 60, 78th percentile or 76th percentile versus press. And Matt Harmon said there's a narrative that Ridley won't wasn't playing well or wasn't holding up in a number one wide receiver role in his first full season without Julio Jones in Atlanta. Never mind, Ridley was awesome in 2020 and didn't play with Jones for much of that season. That narrative is false. Ridley checked in with a 76.4% success rate versus man, 80.5% success rate versus zone, and 75% success rate against press. Those are all fantastic results and right in line with that dynamic 2020 season. Ridley is a fantastic route runner who earns separation consistently. His success rates are just below the elite players in the NFL. He said not for nothing, Ridley was doubled on a high percentage of his routes in 2021 and fared well at beating them. He also had a legendary high 90.5% success rate against double coverage in 2020. He can handle the extra attention. So I think it's pretty impressive that he got doubled so much and like looked good. It was just like a pretty awful spot where like through five weeks, he was really inefficient. Matt Ryan wasn't looking great. Uh, but in 2021, through those games, he was the wide receiver four in expected points per game with 17.2 expected points per game. So he was commanding a ton of volume. He wasn't that efficient, but I like efficiency is not sticky year to year. Uh, and in an offense with Trevor Lawrence, this offense should be pretty much like one of the best offenses that he's been in, uh, Calvin Ridley. So I'm willing to bet on him. He's somebody that to me profiles like a second round pick when we do a study like this. Uh, but he, we're getting a discount because of the year and a half uncertainty, which I think is fair, but I'll take the discount all day long. Now, after that, we have Debo Samuel uh, as my other guy that I like. Uh, he's penciled in for 10-plus opportunities per game, so that's a, a targets plus rushes. And we've already seen him have a massive efficiency ceiling, right, where his previous FPOA per game high, nobody else on this list has over 3.4. Debo Samuel has 6.1 FPOA per game high uh, before in his career. Now, the only box that isn't checked is the, uh, the 49ers being pass-happy, but because he has such a role in the run game, he's going to get his opportunities without needing a really high-volume passing offense now this is a guy who everyone likes to call him like a running back and not like a pure wide receiver he's had back-to-back seasons now of 15.3 expected points per game both top 12 numbers so he's been top 12 in terms of volume uh he's been around, around that 15 points per game area 15 expected points per game area and he's cleared 25 percent target share two years now so he's commanding volume as a wide receiver he's giving you a bunch on the ground through carries i'm fine betting on him just because last year again the volume was the same as it was in 2021, he just had minus two FPOA per game instead of 6.1. We assume that that jumps back to like two or three FPOA per game, and he is a fine 
fine bet or a fine hit at ADP. Now, when we look at the, the rest of the guys on here, to me, Amari Cooper is a clear fade. I think at this point we've seen so much Amari Cooper, and he's yet to realize like a, a crazy, crazy ceiling. I'm probably good on that. Uh, but DK Metcalf, it's tough to rule him out, like him just being like this monstrous wide receiver. Maybe one of these years he just truly pops off. I just think it's a little bit tough with JSN and Lockett there. Um, and Keenan Allen's plausible as well. He's one of those guys, too, where, you know, he's 31 and he's yet to have a true 20-plus point-per-game season. He had one, like, in his third year, but it was only, like, eight games. Uh, but I will say, like, yes, last year, uh, from weeks 13 to 18, he had 20 points per game. So maybe uh, maybe he hits 20-plus points per game in, like, this new Kellen Moore offense. Like, Keenan Allen, to me, I mean, if you can get him, like, the early fourth, late third, he's not a terrible pick uh, in full PPR. Now, our last section here is your round four-plus guys. Now, this is where... It's like a little bit tough. <clears throat> I think the market's sharp as ever here. To me, nobody sticks out as a clear candidate. Like nobody scores well besides Chris Godwin, and I'm very skeptical of Chris Godwin with Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask at QB. So I, I don't really think – like we've already sort of gone through again. The title of this video is going to be like five must-draft wide receivers with league-winning upside. I think there's going to be league, winner, league winners in this area, but it's sort of tough for me to clearly see like a 20-plus point per game like Cooper Cup type candidate – uh, in this range. Again, I just feel like the market is super sharp uh, this year. Now, I will say, uh, I'm never ruling out your rookie second year or third year guys, so uh, I'm not fading, you know, for, again, like we talked about earlier, with only one year of data, I won't be fading uh, London, Christian Watson, JSN, uh, or Jordan Addison. Now, of course, like Jordan Addison and JSN aren't bets to hit 20 points per game like Odell Beckham. They're really more bets to be like Christian Watson, Amon Ross St. Brown, where they put up 20 plus points per game down the stretch of the season, which I think is really in the uh, range of outcomes for both of those wide receivers. Um, again, Chris Godwin has a decent score, but I'm not really buying it. I think Judy, I think Judy's the only one that I'm comfortable betting on, and it's not really even because of this exercise. It's just because I think that he's a good player who's young uh, and can command volume and like a bounce back offense with Russell Wilson here. But again, that's more uh, personal. I, I wouldn't say personal bias, but that's just more personal belief than it is, you know, this sort of study or exercise showing us that Jerry Judy uh, is a good pick here. But that's going to do it for us today. I think it was an interesting exercise to kind of go through and highlight some wide receivers that have that 20-plus point per game upside that might not be all that obvious. So with that being said, I appreciate you guys coming out here, watching this video, seeing what I had to say. If you enjoy, leave a like, subscribe, and I will see you guys in the next one. Stones, uh, like this froze, uh, ice cold